I'm an idiot. I'm just going to go ahead and start this podcast off with one f- just correction from last week. I, at 3 a.m. in the morning, mistakenly referred to Captain America as Tony when I was talking about the Avengers in-game trailer. And as someone who has pretty much been ringing the bell of being a Captain America fanboy for so long, I feel incredibly idiotic. <laughs> and, uh... I don't know. I just I feel like I need to jump ahead and make sure that I I correct that erroneous statement before I catch any flack for it. But uh, other than that, welcome to episode three of the Tapstream podcast. We've done it three weeks in a row and I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, We are going to hop in here for another episode. And I I, I really do want to take the time to say thank you. Uh, this last episode hit 23 listens, which is not a lot. In the grand scheme of things, this is not a lot at all. I f- feel like maybe this is an episode I'll listen to years from now and be like, what were you talking about? 23 is like nothing. But now it, it really does mean the world to me. A lot of you are on the Apple podcast uh, side of things, too. So, you know, thanks. Don't know why calling out Apple specifically. I guess other platforms step it up. You got to you got to step up your game either way. We're uh, we're gonna continue same format as always. What I've been playing, what I've been watching, and then stream updates. And uh, this week we're gonna go ahead and well, you know, I did see Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse today, but I'm gonna leave that one towards the end of the stream so we can get into spoilers if I need to. Uh, so if you are looking for that, just scrabble on ahead towards the end. Otherwise, uh, here is what I've been playing. So we do continue more with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, I talked about last time how I wasn't digging World of Light as much as I wanted to. I feel like my criticisms of the lack of story still stands, regardless if that's what the game is trying to be. Um, but I do want to ease up on it because I, I, I actually am enjoying it a lot more. Uh, one of the biggest things that have helped me out is is recognizing that there is almost a rock, paper, scissors element to the spirits that you equip to your fighter. So to just give you a bit of a rundown of what the World of Light mode is, is you have this overworld map that you start off as Kirby and you go to these little points and you fight spirits. Now the way these spirits are represented is... I can't think of any like example off the top of my head specifically because it's they're obscure like video game characters. Um, so, so you'll come across a spirit and say this spirit is... Well, let me let me use this example for, that I did last. I went into a Dr. Wily spirit. So the way that that spirit is represented is you have Dr. Mario in his costume because, you know, kind of the Dr. Wily white robes and all that. But the way that it's happening is Dr. Wily is sending out multiple Mega Men at you. So you go into a Super Smash Brothers fight. You're fighting all these different Mega Men's that have these... Uh, modifiers that make them harder to face so where the rock paper scissor element comes in is i don't remember this specifically but say for example all the Mega Men have a sticker that enhances their grab ability then i would go in and use a sticker that i believe if i understand it correctly uh has a stronger attack spirit so that i can just kind of overpower them that's a poor example i'm explaining this poorly uh Essentially, and most embarrassingly, the only reason why that I'm able to to get a firm grasp on it is because they're color-coded. You have red, blue, and green. 
And I have figured out that that pattern for which they are strong or weak against each other is the same pattern of fire, water, and grass in Pokemon. So essentially, I color-coded the typing to Pokemon for this game, and it works. So if you're playing World of Light, just think of it that way. Red is fire, blue is water, green is grass, uh, green is better than blue. Blue is better than fire, fire is better than green, and so on and so forth. So that's what's been really helping me in World of Light. And now that I've got that figured out, I am going through and beating different spirits a lot faster than I was, no matter how hard they get. They do get challenging, and there are times where I will probably spend 15 to 20 minutes on a particular spirit fight. But now that I figured out how to do the rock, paper, scissor elements of it, I'm enjoying World of Light a lot more. So yeah, that that was probably a poor example of what World of Light is, but it really is a complicated mode. Even the people that are enjoying the game admit that it's a complicated mode, but I, I, I've i grown on it. It's it's fun. Um, I already have some community members that have already finished it, and uh, I don't know how far I've got to go, but I've only really been playing an hour at a time. Um uh, this segues nicely. For those who don't know, again, I am a Mixer streamer, Mixer.com slash the tap stream. I stream Monday through Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And so for the first hour of my stream from 7.30 to 8.30, I play World of Light. And then as soon as that's done, I switch over to Viewer Battles, where we go on the online online mode and play together. So given that I only spend about an hour a night uh, in World of Light, um, you know, it doesn't really rack up that quickly uh, compared to when I spend a whole stream on a single player game. So uh, we're we're slowly chipping away at it. Um, as uh, next week, once I get into my stream schedule, I'll probably do a bigger World of Light push and maybe do some online battles even later towards the end of the night. Uh, but as I don't know about that for sure. Once I sit down to do my schedule, I um. I'll figure all that out. So don't hold me to this. I mean, this this goes up Monday morning. Depending on if you're listening to it on the day, uh, I will have already had to have made a decision because uh, we I stream in a few hours. But uh, yeah, so that that's World of Light. Um, the other component has been unlocking characters, uh, where you can either go into classic mode and go through and face a certain path of characters. And uh, once you get to the end, it, it randomly generates a character for you to take on. Another way you can do it is if you just go to a random one-on-one battle against the computer. Uh, and you can we talked about this. You can set one stock, kill them, and then have the character randomly join. You fight them, you beat them, you unlock them, reset the game, and you go through. I didn't do that pure cheating method the entire time. I've done a combination of like World of Light mode, uh, the the cheating one stock method and classic mode, but I finally have unlocked all the characters and that feels really good to have done. Um, it's so nice being able to just cycle through whatever character I want to play at a time. Um, and uh, I'm happy. It feels, it feels like an achievement despite the fact that I did whine about it last week that we shouldn't have to result to these cheap methods to unlock them. I'm having fun and I, I'm, I'm glad I, I got everybody that I have now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how often I do random offline battles now because that's what's been the majority of my gameplay. Um, and now that I'm limited to just like online mode and World of Light, I wonder if my time with Smash Brothers ending. I hope not because I, I really do enjoy this game. And the, the biggest enjoyment has really, really come from doing arena battles. Uh, being able to end every stream with opening up a room having people come in and then cycling between three or 
three people at once or four people at once, depending on people's internets, uh, and doing some one v one battles. That is, it's it's a phenomenal experience, and even more so because I've stumbled into something I never thought to be for me, which is a form of streaming called shoutcasting. Uh, essentially, what shoutcasting is is an announcer. T- take for for example, like a football game. You have you have your announcers. You have somebody that's giving the commentary for the play by play, as well as somebody who's doing color commentary uh, to kind of liven it up, educate, and be funny. With shoutcasting, everything is happening incredibly quick because given the pace of video games, there's not a lot of time for breaks and and thoroughly breaking down play like like um, you know, say an NFL game. Now. Shout and again, this I'm sitting here as though I am I've been following shoutcasting my entire life. I'm learning about this as I go. I knew it was a thing, and now that I've kind of stumbled into it, I've been trying to learn a little bit more about it. But essentially, I mean, it's a it's a person that is commentating alongside a particular game and, and match, and their intensity is just spent trying to hype up and uh, and give a play by play to an audience that may not be familiar with what's going on. Um. It started out as, <laughs> again, for those those that are the podcast only and don't watch my stream, I am incredibly terrible at video games. So whenever we do four, like whenever we do like a four person match, I'm usually the first person to get knocked out. So I have nothing to talk about if I don't try and commentate on what's going on in the map. I'm sorry, what's going on in the match? So <laughs> I use a lot of my downtime to just kind of like go back and forth, try and put pressure on the people that are remaining and, and, and making entertaining as possible, especially the people who aren't familiar with what smash is and how it works. Um, it's been an incredible amount of fun and I've been getting really good feedback on it. Um, I'm incredibly self-conscious. Uh, this is something that I've never really done before and I immediately shut down anytime I get criticized. Not that anybody's criticized it, I am always my biggest critic, so I I feel like I'm inc- I'm worried about it being more annoying than it is entertaining. But like I said, I've I've gotten a lot of great feedback about it, so I I'm leaning into it a lot more than I expected to, and it is giving Smash Brothers even more life than I was expecting. Um, I really feel like I am gonna hit a point soon that unless I dive in and start to learn the inner workings of characters and the strategies behind smash brothers um it might get annoying so i i i want to learn i already had an offer from uh 407 chili davis and nate white shark to hop in a lobby together and kind of explain some of the mechanics uh specifically nate white shark uh which, by the way, both 407 Chili Dave, D-A-V, and Nate White Shark in a in the number eight and White Shark, both great streamers on Twitch. Uh, anyway, Nate White Shark, he um, he messaged me and he was like, "Hey, not that I'm insinuating anything, but I know a lot about fighting games, and and even though I'm not the best, I would be more than happy to kind of like hop in and explain to you all the different uh, types of attacks." And even though we didn't get to connect this weekend, I, that means the world to me because I, I really want to keep pushing down this shoutcasting path and see where it goes. You know, I've, I, I've done all sorts of other streams before. I've never tried to do something where comedy isn't the main focus. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But that's pretty much my time with Smash Brothers so far. Um, there's nothing there's nothing new to critique that I didn't touch on last time. I just wanted to, to, to chime in and at least talk about how much more I am enjoying um, 
the world of light. Okay, so another thing. Another game I've been playing. I only got to play it briefly. Uh, I shared more of it with my brother-in-law and my my niece. But I am now the proud owner of a PlayStation VR. And one of the games that I got to play was Astrobot's Rescue Mission. Now, Astrobots is the reason I picked up a PlayStation VR because, one, they had an incredible sale during Black Friday, and two, a podcaster by the name of Jeff Kanata has been singing the praises of this video game to the point that I I could not resist. And I feel really guilty about Jump Again because I already have the HTC Vive because I'm a spoiled brat. And now I have another VR headset uh, in the PlayStation VR, and uh, I am really enjoying it. Uh, Astrobot's rescue mission is already really gorgeous. I don't know what I was expecting quality-wise because I've always I've heard out of the three main VR platforms, PlayStation VR is definitely the weakest. But I I love the way Astrobot's looks. I mean, it's a very cutesy design. Um, it's it's not obviously not going for realism or anything. It's cartoony. It's a platformer, and it is just it is. It is like a PlayStation mascot, but not really. It, it has a lot of PlayStation feel to it in just a vibrant vibrant and colorful world. And the way this game works is that you control a little uh, rescue bot and you have almost a god perspective with the VR headset. So as your character, you move around, but your camera is actually you in the way that you're looking. So they use this to play around a lot with perspectives and uh, fighting hitting items, fighting hidden rescue bots uh, that you got to collect. And it's just a delightful experience. Um, again, I didn't get to play too, too much, but from what I've seen, it, it looks like it's going to be a really, really fun time. One of the things I'm worried about is that streaming VR is not easy. I mean, I have the tools to do it, but the problem, one of the biggest problems is that you won't be able to read chat. Now, anybody that's familiar with me as a streamer knows that the main number one priority, unless I'm shoutcasting, is reading chat. So I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of this game as far as stream goes. I, I want to try and carve out time to play it for just me um, because I don't do that enough. And now that I have this podcast platform, you know, I can kind of put my thoughts out there and, and talk about it that way. Um, so even if it's not content being made for the stream i'm still being productive right yeah i'm totally just trying to justify my purchase i really did get a good deal on it so i'm not guilty about that i'm just guilty about owning two headsets because i don't need it i'm a spoiled brat regardless the other game that came with it is a game called moss Uh, i have not played that game yet uh but if i do i will make sure that i hop on and, and talk about it here it did come up it did come with a um a PlayStation VR demo set, so I have some games in that as well. But uh, other than that, that's all I have for VR. I do want to get um, Beat Saber, but I don't know if I should get it for the Vive or if I should get it for the PlayStation VR. Wow, spoiled, I know. Uh, the reason I would want to get it for the PlayStation VR is because that system is so much easier to set up than the Vive. The fact that it's a stationary VR experience means I don't have to worry about uh, setting up the sensors for the HTC Vive, but the HTC Vive has better move control. I'm sorry, move yeah, motion controls, and um, you know, being a full scale VR system, I can kind of be more immersed. 
I'm leading PlayStation VR due to the ease of it, but not having the PlayStation Move controls means I'd probably have to shell out more money than I'm, I'm wanting to. So, Beat Saber is going to be a while, as to put it lightly. And though, and though I haven't been playing these games, I do want to talk about them um, because they look uh, they look interesting to me. Two games launched this week: uh, Ashen uh, and Gris. Ashen is kind of like a Dark Souls light-esque game. It has more of a cartoony feel to it. Uh, the atmosphere honestly reminds me of Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice, but the combat and the way that you go and just find bosses to fight is very much Dark Souls. Uh, I got to watch my wonderful friend Nagellan, Mixer.com slash Nagellan, uh, stream it, and it looks good. Um, and I got to see Rocketman as well, Mixer.com slash Rocketman23. I got to see both of them play it, and it it looks really, really interesting. It is $39.99, Um Not really in the market to buy anything right now, just because I've, I've kind of spent a lot in the last couple of months with games. Um, it is coming to Game Pass uh, for the PC, which is kind of what I'm tentatively waiting for. But right now, if I wanted to, I honestly could just subscribe to Xbox Game Pass for like $9.99 for the month and then play it on my Xbox One. Um, I just, I got to pull that trigger and I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely something I'm interested in. Maybe I'll try and find some time in between Smash Bros. But honestly, I'm I'm kind of full steam ahead towards the end of the year and have the 24-hour stream coming up, so I don't know. The other game uh, that is interesting to me is a game called Gris, G-R-I-S. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, if there's some special way to pronounce it, but my god, that game has an absolutely stunning art style. Um, I have heard it described as more of an experience kind of game, but it does seem to have platformer elements to it, and course i'm a platformer by platformer genre fan by heart so i i want to check out this game it doesn't seem too expensive either i think i saw it like for like 15 bucks if that so uh that might be a game like if i find out that game is really short i will probably try and slot that in with some smash brothers uh and other than that i do have a gamefly subscription which currently has pokemon let's go pikachu and monster boy and the cursed brotherhood out but uh, I ended up getting Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu for my birthday, so I'm going to go ahead and send that one back to Gamefly, and I have Mega Man 11 at the top of my queue, and I'm hoping to get that in fairly quickly. I'll probably end up sending both games back. Now that we're kind of past the big releases of the holidays, I don't need to have two games out at once. I only really did that to kind of help cycle through games throughout the, the tail end of the year and stream as much as I could. But yeah, as far as like Mega Man goes, I, I've never played a Mega Man game all the way. Uh, they were incredibly difficult. The Because I have like the Mega Man Legacy Edition, and it was incredibly difficult to try and stream that game. Mega Man 11 doesn't seem like it's easier per se, but it's more vibrant and colorful. And I watched Mark Brown do a Game Maker's Toolkit video on it. So I'm interested. I, I really want to check that game out, and uh, hopefully I get it in soon. More stuff to try and slot in between the limited time I have remaining in 2018. But uh, that'll be about do it for my what I've been playing. We're going to go ahead and jump into what I've been watching. I, I only have one uh, thing to talk about, but boy, am I excited to talk about it. I got to go see Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse, and uh, it it is up there in the top five movies of 2018, I believe. 
this is all pure like just shooting from the cuff but if i were to go pure emotions right now spider-man is easily in the top five and recency bias be damn it is just stellar the easiest and most prominent thing to talk about when it comes to spider-man enter the spider-verse is that the art style is absolutely beautiful i've never seen an art style that is so distinct and match that distinctness with personality because it's not just the way that this co- this movie looks it comes to life as a comic book there are times where characters are, are having an inner dialogue and they they are displaying that dialogue as though it were text from a comic book and i've seen movies do this before but the way that the text is living in the in the frame feels so much more natural and more of a respect to comics than any movie that's just tried to rip comics straight onto the screen. And then the way that there will be, you know, moments where Miles Morales is like running through a heavy traffic and he'll hop over a car to safety and for a brief moment as he's over the car, the screen inverts, the colors changes, and then it's just like a a half a beat in that inverted screen and then it continues on with the action. It's stuff like that that just shows how much personality that this movie has. And without getting into too much spoilers, they, this movie does deal with like multiverses and like uh, super colliders. There are moments where super colliders are going on screen and the way that realities are bending and, and clashing into each other is just a... I mean, it's just visually beautiful i i'm limit i'm running out of ways to describe how great this movie looks but it does and i i'm so happy that i got to see it now as far as the visuals go it matches it with a an incredibly heartwarming story um and i i think one of the biggest things to talk about is how this story is conscious of how much origin story fatigue people have especially when it comes to spider-man uh, I feel like every time the idea of Spider-Man keeps getting brought up, people are like, oh my god, this is like the 20th reboot of Spider-Man. I don't want to see another one, and so on and so forth. Which, as a Marvel Cinematic Universe fanboy, that irked the hell out of me every time people were talking about how, like, oh, I don't need to see another Spider-Man when Tom Holland was getting thrown into the mix. And it's honestly one of the better live-action Spider-Mans, so I don't know. I'm 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 getting on a tangent. Regardless... Into the Spider-Verse is very much conscious of how little interested people are in origin stories. So instead, they elect to tell a more coming-of-age story uh, centered around Miles. And to me, that is where this this story really shines. Uh, You do have these different Spider-Mans coming in from... Spider-People, I should say, coming in from different universes. And they become almost like mentors to Miles Morales as he tries to deal with his newfound uh, abilities. I can't get to too much detail, obviously, because of spoilers, but um, it, it really works. It, uh, having having them all cognizant of how just bizarre being mashed together in a singular universe from different ones, um, it helps. The zaniness helps make the the emotional moments feel that much more heartfelt. And it, it swings between those two tones wonderfully. And... Um, I don't know, man. I, I teared up. There are definitely moments where I teared up in this movie, and uh, it, it it's it's fantastic. The soundtrack that uses well is also fan is fantastic. A fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Here we go again. No edits, Trey. Just keep pushing forward. Think. Uh, what else do I want to say about this movie? I will say 
Um, I want to see Sony Pictures continue on this path. And I hope that this movie becomes almost like a reversed engineered Avengers movie. Whereas the Marvel Cinematic Universe spent all this time doing solo standalone movies and then built up to the Avengers. This one almost feels like it's an Avengers of Spider-Man. And I wouldn't be disappointed to start seeing the see each universe have their own movie because you had the noir spider-man you had uh spider pig you had spider gwen you had spider man peter parker and then you had spider-man miles morales any one of these characters i believe could have their own origin story i'm sorry wow that goes in contrast to what i was saying each one of these could have their own singular story and i think it would be incredibly entertaining um uh jake johnson as as a a midlife crisis spider-man was something that i didn't know i needed um you know i believe Haley steinfeld plays gwen stacy i mean she's absolutely perfect as gwen stacy and even though i don't know a lot about the character themselves i'm invested i i want to know more about her and would love to have a, a standalone movie for her uh spider spider-man noir would be the not the silliest one but it would be silly fun and i would be down for it but Miles Morales, this is where I have issues. I don't want to say Miles Morales doesn't get time to shine as 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 Spider-Man, because he definitely does. But I'd be really interested in seeing a continuation where we get to see Miles Morales be front and centered alone. And I, I'm really hoping for that. Um, so again, reverse engineered Avengers movie. I think this movie is definitely ripe for potential. Uh, if Sony is smart, I think... I almost feel like this is the route for them to go to just stick to the animated stuff and let Marvel Studios handle the live action stuff. Because uh, Venom, Venom, oh man, everything but Eddie Brock and uh, Venom's relationship was just a pile of trash. And a lot of that has to do with Tom Hardy being fantastic. But everything about that was a pile of trash. And so I, I hope they just stick to the animated stuff and really flesh that out. Because they they really have a good foundation for a universe here which is what they really seem to be interested in so yeah uh into the spider verse is a really great film i highly recommend it if you're looking if you love superheroes if you love spider-man this is the movie to go um it's it's incredible to me how this movie shows such reverence for the iconic status of spider-man while still paving the way for all the different incarnations um and it it proves why spider-man is one of the most relatable characters of any superhero because at the end of the day they're just a singular person trying to juggle ordinary life with doing the right thing knowing that full well if you're capable of doing the right thing that is your duty to do it and this movie is just singing that mantra the entire time oh <sighs> All right, so yeah, that uh, that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I did hold it out for the beginning because I thought maybe I'd get into spoilers, but nah, uh, there's there's not a lot of spoilers. I will say this, though, uh, knocking on the doorstep of spoilers, keep your eyes peeled. This movie is chock full of Easter egg references, and uh, I, I, I had so much fun trying to pick them out, and I think you will, too. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up with some stream updates. Uh, December 29th is fast approaching. That will be three years that I have been streaming under the name The Tap Stream. Last year, we celebrated this date with a 24-hour stream playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the first time. And I want to kind of keep that tradition alive. So this year, 
I am going to be streaming or attempting another 24-hour stream. We're going to be playing The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. And it'll be my first time as well. And I got to say, I'm I'm getting really nervous. Um, the last 24-hour stream was definitely hard. Um, I, I've done 12-hour streams before like nothing. And whenever I hit the 12-hour mark on this last 24-hour stream... It was burdened by the realization that I still had another 12 hours to go. And I got up to take a break. And I remember walking back to my computer and being like prepared in my head to say, guys, I don't think I can do this. But I stuck it out and I somehow made it to the 15 hour mark and I kind of got second win and I was fine. And everything was pretty much cruising until about the 18 hour mark and things slowed down. Uh, uh, picked up again around the 22 hour mark and then the last hour just I don't want to say drag because that feels like it's a negative experience because I did have fun but my god I everything was just getting real weighty and I I was I was I was pulling into the station so I'm tasked with trying to do it again I've already announced it on a lot of places so I had to follow through um and it's exciting it really is I like the idea of doing a 25 hour, 24 hour stream to kind of celebrate you know three years and everything we've done it's a great way to really hang out with the community and 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 it's a recognizing that not everybody can make a stream and especially when I only stream at a certain window 24 hours gives the most amount of people the most amount of time to just come hang out and you know let me say thanks to them for everything they've done throughout the year with that being said, though, I don't have any concrete info, but the closer we get to that, that means the more I'll be taking some breaks. Um, one only, I mean, one just to like catch up on some sleep because 24 hours, I need to be well rested. I can't kind of half ass it and just like, you know, be tired and exhausted, which fun fact, I don't think a lot of people know this. I, I, I had the same strategy last year where I didn't stream. I think I streamed that Monday and then took the rest of the days off. Um, I I was supposed to be in bed by 8 every night that night. But what a lot of people don't know is that we also simultaneously launched the tapstream.com at the same time. So I was spending a lot of time with my friend Chris, dear Christopher on Twitter, um, working on the website. And by working, me just watching him because he's the genius and I'm just the dreaded idea guy. So yeah, I ended up not staying. I ended up not getting as much sleep as I was supposed to leading up to the 24-hour stream. So Fingers crossed I don't do anything stupid this time and uh, actually actually get some rest. And uh, as far as like planting the seed of, of, of less streams, I do want to go ahead and say this. I'm, I'm fully aware that not everybody listens to the podcast that also watches the stream. But I want to start kind of giving you guys a preview of what I'm feeling for uh, season four, you know, year four of the tap stream. I have been streaming as much as I can, any chance I get for the last couple of years. I started off usually doing one stream a week, started off only, it was only a Saturday. And then from there, I started doing Tuesdays and Saturdays. Then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, and then uh, some variation of three streams, and then eventually working towards doing a Monday through Saturday stream, which is what I've been doing for now, for the entire year, I would say. Um, I really think that in 2019, I'm going to be moving back down to three streams a week, and it has nothing to do, like, I don't want to give any panic about, like, quitting. I'm not, the quitting is not within my vocabulary for streaming. 
But I'm starting to wonder if maybe focusing on quality over quantity at this stage of my streaming career might be more beneficial than trying to be on every night. Um, man, this is really hard to talk about because I, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I almost feel like I can use that downtime. Or let me back it up again. I feel like I've spent the last three years working on my craft as a streamer. I, I'm entertaining. I, I'm witty. Uh, I know how to run a good stream. I, I'm very engaging with the chat. I keep conversation going, and I'm dangerously close to patting myself on the back, but I know I'm a good streamer. But being good isn't good enough anymore from every marketing book that I've been reading lately, and I need to work on getting eyes on what I'm doing. Now, that includes marketing, the business strategy, and creating shareable content that people can use on social media to just know what I'm doing. So as much fun as I'm having streaming six days a week, I feel like I can go back down to three, learn the business side of streaming, learn more marketing strategy, and really focus on building like highlight reels on YouTube and content for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and and really just putting what I'm doing in front of people to get attention so that when I do stream, you know, we're 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 featuring larger numbers. Again, it's hard to talk about because I don't want to sound ungrateful, but if I'm going to go full time, you know, I need to keep growing the stream. So that's what I'm thinking. I really feel like moving down to three streams a week is going to be beneficial to me. Um, it'll pain me because I've spent the last three years just of the mindset of like stream, 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 stream. But I'm starting to think maybe that philosophy doesn't work anymore. So I don't know. I uh, It's going to feel weird. I, I feel like if I just start doing a slow rollout of warning people about what's going on, it'll be a little bit easier to stomach. Um so yeah, I, I, I don't have any plans on telling the larger community um, yet, but it almost feels like it feels like the way the rollout's going to happen as we talk about it here on the podcast. Uh, then I start talking about it on probably the Discord and then talk about it live on stream and then finally announce it on Twitter just to kind of be a slow rollout for people to ease into. But we'll see how it goes. You know, maybe I do it for like the first three months of 2019 and if I don't like it and I feel like I'm actually hurting myself more than hurting, wait, yeah, hurting myself more than helping myself, I'll just jump back and go to doing six like I normally do. We'll see. Streaming, streaming's weird, man. Streaming's really weird. I, I if I weren't so goddamn in love with it, I would have quit by now. <laughs> oh man, this will be fun to look back on. But uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, everybody. We're we're wrapping things up. Uh, I want to do I want to do what I did last week because I did get a response. Thank you, Arrowken. Um, you know, I want to know what's been the highlight of your week of this past week or last week, I should say. What made you really happy? Uh, if I had to pick a singular moment for me, it would most likely be my birthday. December fourteenth is my birthday. Uh, getting to spend time with the family was great. Uh, we went out to dinner. We hung out. Played some VR with my brother-in-law and my niece. Um, you know, spoiled by my mom and dad, had cookie cake, you know, typical birthday stuff. And then, of course, I had community members wishing me a happy birthday as well. Got some gifts from them, too. And I just it, it was felt nice. It was, um, like I said, the highlight of my week. But what about you uh, at me on your social media platform of choice and use the hashtag tapstream highlight? And I'd love to know. 
But hey, maybe you got a question. If you want to ask me something or anything at all, askthetap at gmail.com. I'd be happy to have anything that you want to be answered, and uh, we could talk about it. But until next time, if you did enjoy the stream, don't forget to subscribe to it, comment, rate, star it, whatever it is you need to do on your platform of choice. Make sure you do it because I am available on a lot of podcast platforms, specifically Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Pocket Cast, and more. So it would be it would it would be beneficial to me if you continue liking it and doing the thing and listening, sharing it with your friends if you think any of them would be interested in uh, the pop culture shenanigans we got going on. And uh, of course, you can always find me at the Tap Stream on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, as well as Mixer.com slash the tap stream, where I do stream Monday through Saturday for the time being at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you want to join our community and be a part of this wonderful family we got going on, thetapstream.com, look to the menu bar and you will see a Discord link. If you click that, you will be granted an invite link. It is open to anybody. Uh, come join us. Come hang out with us and uh, celebrate the day with us. Until next time, I love your faces, everybody, and I will see you around. Keep celebrating, everybody.